Bernard Valcourt pleads not guilty to charges of obstructing police. A girl dies in a hit-and-run at Norway House Cremation. A man has died at an unofficial border crossing in Quebec. How much does the governor of the Bank of Canada make? And Israeli settlers wreak havoc with few consequences. Good morning. It's Wednesday, March 1st. It's the first day of March already. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. Bernard Valcourt, Indigenous Affairs Minister under Stephen Harper, has pled not guilty after he was charged with obstructing and resisting police. Valcourt had also served in Brian Mulroney's cabinet. He represented the New Brunswick riding of Madawaska Restigouche, a riding he lost in 2015 to Liberal candidate René Arsenault. The incident happened last October. CBC News reports that he voluntarily obstructed, quote-unquote, two police officers at Edmonston and, quote-unquote, resisted them as they were trying to do their work. There is no other information about what happened. There doesn't seem to be anything about what the incident actually was. The only other news I could find about this online was from Radio Canada, which first reported it a month ago, but with the exact same amount of detail as the CBC News report published yesterday. CBC News reports, quote, it is not clear from the charges what exactly Valcourt is accused of doing, unquote. Because of Alcor's statue in Edmonston, they had to get a judge and Crown prosecutor from Quebec to try the case. The Crown is seeking a summary conviction. That means there would be no jail time if he was convicted. Now, you might be thinking, wait, Nora, you just mentioned the Edmonston Police Force. Yes, last week I just mentioned the Edmonston Police Force on the Daily News podcast. The city of Edmonston was arguing that Chantelle Moore, an Indigenous woman, caused her own death the night that she was killed by Edmonston police. Considering that, and considering that we've got a high-profile former cabinet minister, hey, former minister of Indigenous affairs, it's really too bad we're not getting any more information about Valcour. Now, In case you're not aware of who this guy was, here's some highlights from his career. He pled guilty after a drunk driving accident, which triggered him to resign from Mulroney's cabinet in 1989. He was appointed again in 1990. And he, quote unquote, forever discharged Catholic entities from their promise to raise money for residential school survivors. And this from CBC News in 2019, quote, a former federal Aboriginal affairs minister under the Stephen Harper government is doubling down on his social media claim that the finding of genocide by the National Inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls was, quote unquote, propagandist. Valcour has a huge stature in Edmonston. And so I guess it's not that surprising that we wouldn't hear any information about whatever these charges are related to. Now to Norway House Cree Nation in Manitoba, where a nine-year-old girl was killed by a woman driving an SUV. The girl died at the scene and the woman fled. She turned herself in not long after and was arrested for failing to stop at an accident. Now these kinds of incidences are very common, sadly. In January, a 45-year-old woman from Norway House died in a hit-and-run at Nisishawaik Cree Nation. In 2015 and in 2011, two other pedestrians died in the community from being struck by vehicles. This is not a very large community. Only 8,600 people are members of the nation. Now to the border between Quebec and Vermont, where José Leos Cervantes, 
a Mexican national who'd been living illegally in the United States, has been found dead. He was about to cross into Canada at Stansted before he was stopped by U.S. authorities. When the agents reached him, Cervantes collapsed. The other two men he was traveling with fled north. His death was declared in hospital. U.S. authorities have said that they don't consider his death suspicious, reports Radio Canada. So far this year, one person has died at the border and another person was found in a critical state. Michael Pilon from the Aid Network of Migrant Farm Workers in Quebec told Radio-Canada that we should expect to see more and more people trying to cross the border through non-official points of entry, not just from the United States, but also from Canada into the United States. He added that last year, a record number of migrant farm workers deserted Quebec farms. They are seeing an increase of people entering the United States from Canada. Now to national news. Richard Warnica at the Toronto Star has a curious piece about Tiff Macklin, the governor of the Bank of Canada, and how much he's paid to do things like increase interest rates. Warnica reports, quote, thanks to the uncertain status of a mothballed committee, no one, not even Macklin himself, is entirely sure who's in charge of setting his pay or even how much he'll eventually earn for the work he's done at the bank since his appointment two years ago, unquote. His wages are supposed to be set by an advisory board on senior level retention and compensation. This committee was created by the Chrétien Liberals, but the Trudeau government has let it atrophy, reports Warnica. Macklem is being paid based on the last scale the committee had approved, which was in 2017. He earns, quote, somewhere between $463,000 and $545,000 per year, though a spokesperson would not say where in that range his salary falls. Macklem and Stephen Polos, the former governor of the Bank of Canada, along with all the deputy senior governors who have served since 2018, will get backdated pay. And apparently the government doesn't plan to disclose the salary when it's updated anyway. Warnica makes the rhetorical point that it's ironic that Macklem has encouraged Canadian workers to not demand pay increases in negotiations as a rich guy dreamed up strategy to fight inflation while we have no idea how much he himself makes and how much his salary will rise year over year. One thing that is obvious to me, however, is at what point will a McKinsey contract be given out to decide these outstanding questions? It seems that letting committees atrophy has been a theme of the Trudeau government. And of course, as these things atrophy, they must be filled by something, by someone stepping in. And that's exactly where some of the contracts we've seen McKinsey fill those kinds of gaps, letting regular processes fall by the wayside, claiming that there's no internal expertise to do it. And then all of a sudden McKinsey arrives with a shiny new contract. I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but I'm also saying that's not not what's happening here. And finally, after some 400 Israeli settlers went on a violent rampage to terrorize Palestinians in several villages near Nablus, the few settlers who were arrested have already been released. Al Jazeera is reporting that it looks like eight people were arrested for the Trail of Destruction. Their report says, quote, Settlers committed shootings, arson attacks, and beat Palestinians with metal rods and rocks, according to Palestinian media reports. Some 390 Palestinians were injured, the majority from tear gas and smoke inhalation. One person was killed and at least 30 Palestinian homes were burned. In reaction, Israel has sent hundreds of soldiers to the occupied West Bank. Checkpoints have been set up on the main highway to Nablus and Janine. They imposed tight security checks on all drivers who had a Palestinian license plate. On February 22nd, Israeli forces killed 11 Palestinians and wounded more than 100 as they raided Nablus. 
In January, the Israeli army killed 10 Palestinians as it raided the Janine refugee camp. Devity Ben Zion, the deputy head of the body that oversees illegal settlements, said that, quote, the village of Huwara should be erased, unquote. He erased the tweet, but not before the country's finance minister, Bezalel Smotrich, could like it. Things are getting worse there, and they're being fueled by the far-right, proto-fascist folks in the Israeli government. It's horrible to think of what's going to happen next. Those are your headlines for today. It is Wednesday, March 1st. I guess you got to pay your rent probably today. Good luck with that. I'm Nora, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.